When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Very kind. Welcome, one and all, to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. It is... Am I right about this? Been this way all day, right? It's a cloudy day here in New York City, but in D.C., the January 6th committee is shedding light on the election schemes the former president yanked from where the sun don't shine. (laughs) The electoral conspiracy they focused on yesterday was the brainchild of disgraced lawyer John Eastman, seen here orchestrating a failed cover-up of his scalp. Eastman, Eastman is the one who came up with the plan to send uh, alternate slates of fake electors to Washington from battleground states that Biden had won. And one of those states was Wisconsin. And the committee revealed a damning memo pushing for alternate electors from the former president's Wisconsin lawyer, Kenneth Cheesebro. (laughs) Really? A lawyer from Wisconsin... Named Cheese Bro. <laughs> you must be joking. <laughs> little, little on the nose, reality. What's next? An attempt to flip Arizona by Philip Turquoise Bolo Tie in the shape of a cactus dude. <laughs> cheese Bro. <laughs> These fraudulent Wisconsin electors are proving to be an embarrassment for a Wisconsin senator and what it looks like when a ghost dies. <laughs> Ron Johnson, yesterday the committee explained Ron Johnson's role in the scheme. A staffer for Wisconsin Senator Ron Johnson texted a staffer for Vice President Pence just minutes before the beginning of the joint session. This staffer stated that Senator Johnson wished to hand deliver to the Vice President the fake electors' votes from Michigan and Wisconsin. The Vice President's aide unambiguously instructed them not to deliver the fake votes to the Vice President. Okay. I'd say that's a smoking gun, but Republicans consider that a compliment. After this was revealed, Johnson quickly tried to distance himself from the envelope of fake electors, claiming he was aware that his office had received a package but had no idea who delivered it. (laughs) Nevertheless, said his office attempted to facilitate the delivery of the package. So he has no idea where it came from, (laughs) no idea who gave it to them, no idea what it is, but he can't wait to hand deliver it to the second in command. There could have been anything in that envelope. He doesn't care. Fake electors, angry bees, (laughs) naked pictures of Mary Todd Lincoln. It don't matter to Ron. He's just a delivery boy. Now, most historians agree. Ron Johnson is the dumbest person ever to sit in the United States Senate. But still, still... Even by that scale, this is still shocking. You know those announcements in the airport when they say, do not carry onto the flight a package for someone you don't know. (laughs) I've always wondered who those announcements are for. (laughs) 
yeah. Turns out it's Ron Johnson. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, what? Uh, what, huh? What's that? What's that, stranger? Sure, I'll take your bag on the airplane. Oh, and you have some balloons filled with white powder you want me to put where? Okie doke. When this came out, Johnson tried to avoid talking to reporters. But like most things, he's not very good at that. How much did you know about what your chief of staff was doing with the alternate slates of abductors? No, you're not. I can see your phone. I can see your screen. Oh, oh, no, I'm, 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 on, the, I'm on the phone. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, now I'm going through a tunnel. Can't talk. Oh, I'm in the shower. Wait, I'm trapped in a box. I'm trapped in the... Oh, it's raining. <laughs> Better put up the umbrella. Woo, it's so windy. It's so windy. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Help me, Mary Poppins, help me. <laughs> These hearings, day after day, are making the committee's case powerfully. And a lot of people are watching. And one of those people is former President P.P. Barnum. <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't want to watch, but they've trapped him with his biggest weakness, mentioning his name. <laughs> Reportedly, he's tucked away at his Bedminster golf club, venting his frustrations to nearly anyone who will listen. That's got to be tough on the staff. Yes, sir, it does sound like a, a one-sided witch hunt. Now, do you want your usual omelet, ham and chocolate chips? <laughs> evidently, evidently, he's angry that these hearings are dignified, clear, and damning. And he puts the blame for all that on House Minority Leader and school hamster who's had enough. <laughs> Kevin <laughs> McCarthy. See, last year, McCarthy did have a chance to appoint members to the panel, but instead chose to boycott it. Now the former president says, I think, in retrospect, McCarthy should have put Republicans on to just have a voice. The Republicans don't have a voice. They don't even have anything to say. Well, I'm going to fact-check you there, sir. Eight of the 12 live witnesses before the committee have been Republicans. Republicans have something to say every day. Usually it's, Rudy Giuliani left me 200 drunk voicemails telling me if I don't flip Arizona, he's gonna hold me down and drip head juice into my mouth. <laughs> the reason... The reason... Who are you gonna call? The reason the ex-pres wants his people on there is that they would have given him advanced knowledge of the subpoenas, taped depositions, and other evidence collected by the panel, and made procedural motions to disrupt the flow of the hearings. And anyone who has watched the former president dance knows how his motion disrupts flow. <laughs> now, there's... There's no... There's new information coming out every day uh, from the panel. Yesterday, we learned that the select committee has subpoenaed documentary filmmaker Alex Holder, who started filming the former president in September of 2020 for a project on his re-election campaign and filmed up to and including January 6th. And he just turned over raw footage pertaining to discussions of election fraud in the 2020 election, as well as interviews with the former president. Mike Pence, Don Jr., Ivanka, 
Eric and Jared Kushner. So the January 6th committee could play actual documentary footage of these dinguses <laughs> in their televised hearings. In other words, the former president might finally be brought down by his closest allies. Person, woman, man, camera TV. Holder, uh, Holder will be deposed by the committee tomorrow, but released a statement saying, when we began this project in September of 2020, we could have never predicted that our work would one day be subpoenaed by Congress. Why were you surprised? <laughs> Everyone the former president knows eventually gets subpoenaed. <laughs> we're one week away from Liz Cheney swearing in the grimace. <laughs> now... It is possible that not everyone in the White House knew this documentary was being shot. It, it, it's subtle, but see if you, you can spot the evidence. A Rolling Stone reporter asked one of the former president's campaign staff for a comment about the revelation about the footage, and that person replied, What the f is this? <laughs> yes. Also, the banner headlines in 2016 when he won. <laughs> so, a bunch, a bunch of his staff didn't notice the film crew hanging around the White House. That seems weird, but to be fair, there were a lot of distractions. Pillows being hawked by Mike Lindell, speeches being given by Kid Rock, the Easter egg roll hosted by Vecna. There's also uh, there's, uh, there's a story from the campaign trail on TV medical scammer and cruise ship magician... <laughs> and cruise ship magician who'd like to make your husband disappear. <laughs> Dr. Oz, during his Republican primary, Oz's whole campaign platform was, hey, I'm friends with the former president. But now that Oz squeaked through to the general election and has to get votes outside of the Republican base, he's quietly shifting his campaign message away from the president. So, basically, Oz is saying, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> but, fact is, he's lying. He's cowardly. He's a cowardly liar. <laughs> let's... Let's take a look. He is, he is cowardly lying. He is. Let's take a look at how quietly he's shifting his message. Here's his Twitter banner from uh, back in the primary. It's red. He's got his best buddy there. The endorsement is emblazoned across the middle. Clearly a MAGA Republican. And now, oops-a-cadabra. <laughs> All blue. No express. That's a pretty extreme makeover. That's like when Arby's went from we have the meats to I've never seen those meats before in my life. <laughs> We got a great show for you tonight. Coming up, Taiko YTT. Hey there, Jordan Klepper from The Daily Show and Comedy Central. Ever wonder what happens behind the scenes or want to catch some extended interviews? Well, now you can. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast for full episodes, extended content, and a whole lot more. The Daily Show Ears Edition is available wherever you get your podcasts. My first guest tonight is an Academy Award-winning writer, actor, and director you know from What We Do in the Shadows, 
Thor Ragnarok and Jojo Rabbit. Please welcome Taika Waititi. <laughs> Isn't that delightful? Not everybody. Not everybody gets a standing up, baby. Look at that. Please. Look at that. Now, fans out there are very excited about the forthcoming uh, Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah. You wrote and directed and, 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 and are in. In the trailer, in the, the trailer out there, you have given us a little taste um, of the full Thor. For those of you who haven't seen it, Thor is buck naked. Okay. Was this... This was your idea, I assume, being the writer and the in director. In the movie, it's not pixelated, though. It's not? No. You see... You get the full him's worth. Now, this is... The full worthiness, and... There's a pattern there. There's a pattern. There's a pattern there, and have it on the front. Is there a front shot? It's, uh... Do we see Mjolnir? Maybe an IMAX. <laughs> Maybe an <laughs> Maybe an IMAX. I don't know. No. Uh-huh. This no, is a, but... Oh, there's another one. There's a pattern. There's a pattern. This is, this is from Ragnarok. You showed us Hulk butt in that. <laughs> this will be your Some legacy. I would say it's an obsession. I would just say it's art. Yes. <laughs> yes, the David has a bare butt. I tell you what, though. I mean, with Chris... I mean, he's worked so hard on that. You know, it's... Uh, so many squats. It's, it's so many squats. You, it's a... You know, it'd be, a, be depriving humanity. If I didn't show that. One time we were on set and he, he calls me over and he says, mate, come over here. And I was like, here we go. And he goes, feel that. And he just flexes his arm and I put, I literally my hands were around like this. Well, I was going to get to this photo in a second because this is a photo of you oh, as Korg. Oh, there's a lot of us. check it. So you're there at Korg, but look how huge Hemsworth has gotten. That's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. That's a brisket. We also live in an age of CGI. We could have just done that in a computer. Right. But, could you give, uh, me, he could said, you give me abs with CGI? Yeah. Oh, my God. All over you. Completely. <laughs> abs up here, abs, abs down everything here. Everything like that? He said okay. to me, he said, I said, yeah, that's very impressive. And he said, uh, tell you what, mate. If this acting thing doesn't work out, I'm just going to go back to being a super good-looking surfer. So and he's not wrong. He's got it all, no, this guy. He's got a fallback position. Now, when you're writing this, you, you wrote this script, do you ever indulge in, like, fan theories? Like, do you ever listen to what the fan theories are of what the script? Do you ever go I on the like internet to, and go, like, that's a good I idea? Like to, I like to listen to the fans, and then I like to troll the fans back a bit, because uh, it just brings me some little bit of joy. Just, just a little bit. I don't have many joys in my life, you know. I've got my kids and trolling fans. But um, I like where, you know, they say... That, you know, when I did Ragnarok, you know, there are a few people who didn't know what I did and, you know, they, they, what I'd done before, and they said, oh, he's going to ruin this! He's going to ruin Thor! And I would write back, oh, I'm going to ruin it, all right. <laughs> oh, 100%, I'm going to ruin it for you. And then I would say things like, you don't know what you want until I give it to you, and stuff like that. And um, it's... I know, it, I know, it's rude. Wow. It's rude. Wow. But it's true. <laughs> but, you, you know, the fans, again, you know, they came round on Ragnarok. Uh, yeah, they love that. They're going to love this. You guys are going to love this film. Did you draw on any actual Norse mythology? Because there really is, you know. We this know film, from the... Like, when you look at this film, I'd say... It's like we asked a bunch of six-year-olds what they wanted in a movie, and we just said yes to everything. Okay? <laughs> it's like... It is... It's so Thank ridiculous. You. Thank you. It's a Viking ship. 
being towed through space by two giant goats. And that's what Thor rides around on in this movie. That's from and mythology, right? And that's from right? the mythology. Wow. So, like, you know, people are like, ah, oh, it's too much, Taika. I'm like, no, we took it from the mythology. There's not, there's... So, I don't know if you... How, you guys probably all love Loki. Um, but, uh... <laughs> I was fishing for that. The, um... <laughs> but I don't know if you know in the mythology that Loki, at one point, um, turned himself into a female horse, had sex with, like, a serpent, and then got pregnant. And then gave birth to an eight-legged horse. Wow. Why was that not in Avengers? <laughs> wow. Why? We've got to start a petition. I need, we need to see Tom Hiddleston pregnant with a horse. Feet up in the stirrups. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Breathe. Hush. <laughs> we got a hoof. We got another hoof. <laughs> okay, we have we have a, we have a clip here. Okay. Can you can you tell us what we're what's the, the moment here? Okay. Uh, I'm so nervous about giving anything away. Okay, but okay. So this is a clip, and um, it's a crowd scene. It's my character Korg. Yeah. I'm not just a voice, guys. I'm in there, the there scenes. I'm acting. Cool I'm right acting my heart out. Yeah. That's me acting my heart out. They just put. They just paint a big rock guy over the top of me. But um, so it's, uh, Thor and I um, in this scene, and um, it's uh, he hasn't seen Jane Foster, his ex-girlfriend, for many years, and uh, it's him checking her out. And okay. she she now she has now a different identity. Is holding his hammer. And she is the mighty Thor. Jim. So that's the ex-girlfriend, is it? The old ex-girlfriend. Jodie Foster. Jane Foster. The one that got away. The one that got away. That means escaped. Yeah. Yeah. Must be hard for you to see your ex-girlfriend and your ex-hammer hanging out and getting on so well. What you up to, bro? Come to daddy. Come on. No, no. Hey, there you are. Hey. No, I was just calling you. Now. We all know Korg. The, uh, um, the movie's longer than that. It's gonna be. There's more. A little bit, a little bit of that. We all know Korg. We all love Korg. Thank Why you. does Korg have a New Zealand accent? Uh, because I'm so lazy as an actor that uh, it's the only accent I want to do. What's the New Zealand accent? It's so beautiful. Listen to it. Just listen to the way I'm speaking. It's just like having your, <laughs> so having your eardrums just massaged to death. It's yes. just, oh, it's like it's... I may have said this to you before, but I love how you all pronounce what we, what we call a short E. Like, say the girl's name, B-E-T-H. Beth. I love the Beth. <laughs> no, Beth. Yeah. I love Egg. it. Beth. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's the way. I mean, I've adjusted my accent in, in America because the way I'd normally speak, you guys would never understand a thing I was saying. Can you slip into uh, unintelligible Kiwi? Yeah, I can talk into my normal accent, and um, this is how I normally talk when I'm back home. And um, this is, uh, everyone, can, everyone can understand me when I'm back home. So this is just uh, the way that I speak. <laughs> So, hey, it's just mumbling. It's just mumbling. You're just mumbling. That's not an accent. I've spent a lot of time down there. Okay.
I'm New obsessed Zealand with your... accent. The New Zealand yes. accent is just mumbling, but it's beautiful mumbling. It's turning, yes. the, it's turning mumbling into an art form. Yeah, um, I love your home country. I've, I've made no uh, uh, secret of this. Yes. I've, I've been down there many times. I've taken the show down there. I, I, I'm kind of obsessed. It's a beautiful country. Everywhere you look, it looks like the world just began, and Kiwis are just the nicest people on the planet. Yeah. How do you feel about those of us who aren't from there? Who, 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 who are obsessed with it. Uh, we, um, you guys can, you've got a great country here. Um, <laughs> you guys can stay here. You guys just, uh, Do you just, mind us visiting? Do you mind us visiting? Yeah, come down and visit. It's, if you haven't been there, you've got to come. It's wonderful. You'll love it. There's nothing to do. <laughs> it's so great. I mean, the best way, there's just nothing to take. You know, yeah, it's, we, 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 everyone here, they make everyone work here. Everyone works so hard. Yeah. Yeah. For nothing. <laughs> you know, like, it's just crazy. Like, you know, we pay people. And then we have breaks. Uh, no, New Zealand is, is great. It's also a very small town, you know. Like, we, like, you know, one of the big news items a few years ago was the avocado heists. And I'm not lying. There were big avocado heists. Because avocado... On what island? North Island? The North Island. Of course, yeah. And people were breaking into avocado farms and stealing avocados, and that was the biggest crime <laughs> that was happening in New Zealand that year. You know who I thought was taking it? The sheep. The because sheep. There the are a lot of sheep. But down you there. can't trust sheep. You can't trust New Zealand sheep. Really? They're they big. Mumble. They They're mumble really too. They, yes. Have you heard of sh um, New Zealand sheep? They mumble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Have you ever sheared a sheep? Uh, I've shared a sheep. Have you ever? I got obviously my my Hollywood connection down there, or my Wellywood connection down there, is Peter Jackson, the oh, lovely yeah. fellow. Has been very generous this time to help. Did you talk to him at all about shooting spectacular movies like this, like large scale films or anything? Yeah, yeah. Um, I. Uh... I had some, I was, some good chats about when I was about to do Thor. Also, when I did um, What We Do in the Shadows, when Jermaine and I were shooting that, um, we didn't have much money to do that film. And The Hobbit was just, it just wrapped. And so our production designer, man, I don't know if I should tell this. Okay, but I will. Um, our production designer in the dead of night took his crew to The Hobbit Studios and stole all of the dismantled, broken-down green screens and <laughs> took all of the timber and we built a house. We built the house and what we do in the shadows is built out of the Hobbit's green screen. Wow. And I have never talked to Peter Jackson about this. <laughs> I don't know if he knows. I like telling it at parties, that story, but I don't know if he actually knows. Um, We have to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with more Taika Waititi, everybody. It's also been announced that you're going to be directing uh, one of the new Star Wars films. Yeah. But, and this is the shocking thing. That's exciting. 
What's got people what, what, what's got people even more excited or curious is that you're going to expand the universe with a new film beyond the characters that we've come to know. So, not a Skywalker saga? Ty, let me just say this. Let me ask this. Let me just. Is that, that that's as uh, specific as I can get? Let me just say, are you going to are you going to ruin Star Wars? Yeah, yeah. For all you fans out there, I'm, but no, um, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. You were so. Close. Imagine if I was just like, if I was like, yeah, I'm going to give you the Jar Jar Binks story that everyone's been uh, asking for. Can you do this? I have a vote. Yeah. I have a, I have the a fans, vote. The fans, the fan, you asked and I delivered. You no. remember this? The band. Remember the Cantina band? Oh yeah, right it's there? their story. They all have names. Doik Knotts is one of the characters from the Cantina Band. My pitch, Doik Knotts story. <laughs> What's, it's, it's as good as any other character. It's totally unexplored. Because he's, totally. he's the one who plays the... Uh, he's, he the plays sort of the, sort of the clarinet. Sort clarinet. Of like, uh, oh, the clarinet the player. Clarinet. We all love that guy. Yeah, Doik Knotts. We always wanted to know what, what his Knotts. story was. Yeah. How did he end up in the Cantina? He was going to go to law school. Yeah. <laughs> It was, just was, it, was just play, it was just playing in the cantina band to pay for law school. And stripping at night. <laughs> That's gonna be Would tough. you show Doik Knotts' ass? That's what I want to Because it's not where you think it is. It's not. <laughs> <laughs>